today on City Cash Chicago. This Thursday, six of the nation's finest poet laureates will gather to perform at the Harold Washington Library, including Chicago's first ever poet laureate, Avery R. Young. Earlier this summer, I sat down with Young just as he was writing a poem for Chicago's Juneteenth flag raising. We hear what he came up with, and he tells us how Chicago inspires his work every single day. It's Wednesday, September 6th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. To all that is Juneteenth, Friday, June 16th, 2023. Maybe along with this flag in this plaza, or them firecrackers popping off in North Lawndale and all them other freedom festivals out west, over east, up north, and out south. Maybe along with all of this, we should remember to rest. For what is an emancipation without a backyard just to sit and wonder about that 40 acres in a mill? We are sitting here with writer, performer, educator, visual artist, and activist, and Chicago's first ever poet laureate, Avery Young. Avery, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You sitting in the library right now working on a poem. What does that creative process look like for you? Oh, it's it's, it's right now. It's, oh, tomorrow you got to read something. <laughs> <laughs> Get it together. Get it together, dude. Get it together. Do you start with a theme? Do the words kind of just come to you? Like, like how, how do you find yourself when you're writing some of your best stuff? Uh, how does that inspiration find you? Well, this particular poem is a an assignment. So I have kind of like the rules and talking points um, already worked out for me and it's right now the poetry process or the process in writing a poem is just to creating a map get me to and through those points maybe along with this flag being raised in this plaza and all of these dignitaries in their distinguishment and the people parading amongst the poetry and posts maybe along with all of this we should remember to rest so that we can rise. For what is a celebration for an emancipation without a resurrection of a new direction? A new policy that feels more like protection. I mean, when I come to your work, when I think about like your book, for example, Neckbone, it's so much more than just like poetry and like traditional stanza yes. form. There, there are pictures, there are lyrics, right? There are little inscriptions. You know, for you, what is poetry? Poetry is all those things and much, much more. The point of the neck bone was really to present poetry as art or an art form. I think somewhere in the sauce it got lost and people think of it as this kind of just really academic, dense collection of words that you got to be real deep or smart to understand and get into but at the at the at poetry's the most simplest form it speaks to people because it's the voice of people you mm -hmm. know and what is happening in that bone is me being very transparent of the way in which the poem enters my brain and show all the words as they come mm -hmm. and how they come 
you know, you've spent years not only writing poetry, but teaching young people this art form, mentoring young poets in Chicago. You were driving when you got this news that you were the first ever poet laureate. <laughs> what, what did that mean in that moment? I mean, I had to pull over. <laughs> it, just, it was just, no, it, it was just special because, like, I had just had lunch with Eve Ewing, who was, mm-hmm. who was like my niece, you know, I, and we were just talking to her about the poet laureate, and we just kind of, and we weren't necessarily saying I was going to be a poet laureate or she was going to be the poet laureate. We were just like, well, whoever's going to be, we, you know, we got to support and rock through it, and it just so happened to be me. <laughs> I was like, wow. I love that. We're going to have to show up. We're going to have to rock with them, make sure we we helping them through. <laughs> and then it, it was me. <laughs> like, and I can help me. I can show up for me. I ain't no... <laughs> Well, it ain't really hard to do that. It ain't really hard to do that part. I mean, we we have had such a great fortune here at CityCast to sit down and share some of the poetry of, you know, some of Chicago's greatest working poets right now. You know, what do you think makes our city seem so unique? When you live in a city like Chicago that is like a hub for blues and gospel and hip-hop mm-hmm. and dance and all of these vibrant culture, why would, like, the poets pop just like everything else you know what I'm saying would the the streets spill poems or poetry every day be it of the the triumph or the trials of the 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 avenue right it's still spilling over with poems every day I could walk I could walk outside and go okay there go a poem I'm gonna write it like tomorrow and turn around and say, oh, that's a poem. I got to sit down and stop and write right now. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's popping. The poetry in the, of, of the city is linking community, right? Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of Loud in the Bomb when folks sat down and thought about that joint was not just about a space where teens can read poems. It was about a space where the act of teens reading poems about what they're experiencing in their life in the streets will reshape the thoughts that people have about teenagers who they are just looking at and thinking, oh, they shiftless, <laughs> playing about nothing or even more or more concerned that they're dangerous. Yeah. Right. I mean, you mentioned Louder Than the Bomb, which is one of the largest youth poetry festivals in the world. I'm sorry. Louder Than the Bomb is now rooted in radical. I must <laughs> mm-hmm. make that distinction. <laughs> where are some other spaces that you see poetry flourishing in the city? Other spaces where poetry is flourishing in the city. It's always been flourishing with Kumba Links, which is an organization that uh, ran up uh, up north. One of the cool spaces that's happening right now is so restoration with Dina Dean and Celeste. Um, that's that's intergenerational. Thinking about the work that I'm doing with the youth over at Rebirth Reborn, which is just workshop workshops and preparing youth for the AXO and other kind of other competitions outside of the Teen Poetry Slam. Um, man, there's so much. There's so much happening. But I would like to see poetry outside of poetry venues, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to start seeing poetry on billboards. With Jay Ivey winning this Grammy Award, now you're going to get a bunch of poetry records. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are seeing something happen, and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I'm gonna you, you want to see it proliferate, like you said, off the page, 
outside of the, the, the coffee shop. Outside the shops and all of those things and end up on theater stages, end up in end up on the billboards on like there should be a poem on a real big, big, big wall <laughs> as you drive it on the E-way. I'm just I'm really excited about moving poetry from off of its typical or traditional places and putting it in putting it inside the spaces that people don't necessarily think about it. Because poetry is everywhere. People don't mm-hmm. people don't understand it. Poetry is everywhere and poetry is accessible. And it's not necessarily again about just you sitting somewhere and reading this like long soliloquy or a sonnet. Poetry is just a dance with language. Just things that you say, just phrasing, phrases, I'm sorry, um, that should just be out and about. Can you remember when you realized that performing or teaching this art form was going to be such a huge part of your life? Oh, man, that's a good question. I, I always go back to um, my experience at Oak Park River Forest High School teaching in Ms. Belpedio and Ms. Graham's class. First day, first time ever kind of teaching a poetry residence, and that was his brother by the name of Eugene Allen. What's up, Eugene? <laughs> Eugene was sitting in the classroom, like with his head, whole head in in the collar of his shirt, like he was just like up in that book. Wait, hold on. He was up in that book like this. <laughs> this man had just put his head, turtled himself all the way in his jacket right now. Hood I called over. him the Ninja Turtle. Yeah, the Great Black Ninja Turtle. That's what I called him. <laughs> And he was all up in that class like this. And like when I started talking, his head popped out. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. I got it. I got this. If I can get, if I can get, and every time I'm performing, I'm always thinking who I can get their head up out of their shirt. And there's been many Eugene Allens. There's been many people sitting in classes and sitting in, and sitting in audiences who were kind of skeptical of what was about to happen. But after I know I do my thing, they, they ah, okay, I rock with you, my brother. I rock with you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, cool. I, I'm here for it. Mm, I'm here for it. It's giving. It's giving on all the things. Yes. <laughs> if somebody, you know, wanted to try their hand at like a poetry over the mic, do you have a suggestion of somewhere they might go? The library, a bookstore, read. Read first. Read first. Find out what you like, who you like, what poetry resonates with you, and then begin to do the work that moves that type of work forward. And then when you get into a poetry venue, you then present that work like you really, 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 really care about it. And anybody that's listening should really, 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 really care enough to listen to what you got to say. And that's that's what I suggest. I actually think that that works in both ways, too, because if you look at some of your favorite libraries, some of your favorite um, bookstores, look at their event calendars, they're Mm. likely hosting poetry nights, likely hosting workshops, likely hosting open mics. I know the Silver Room, for example, is one of my favorite bookstores uh, in Hyde Park, and they are constantly hosting open mics for poetry, for comedy, for storytelling uh, every single week. The fact that you called the Silver Room a bookstore is gagging me. (laughs) 
Hey, that's where I'm getting my books from. <laughs> but you you talked about the process starting with reading, yes. right? To 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 find those those voices and those mm-hmm. poets uh, that inspire something inside of you. Who are those Chicago poets for you, past and present? When I picked up "I Am the Darker Brother," which is an anthology, which is was an anthology, I was immediately drawn to the work of Sonia Sanchez. Um, and it was Sonia Sanchez then that led me to the work of Barbara Haki, who at the time was Don Ely. And as far as Chicago is concerned, and and language and what I think I'm doing, he's probably one of the most influential like poets that that let me know he gotta work on page. It just can't it just can't work on stage. You gotta work on page. Like if you're not around to say it out loud, it gotta do what it's doing. You know, it's gotta be given what it's given. Um, Carolyn Rogers, um, Mama Angela Jackson, who is the current poet laureate of the of Illinois. I'm coming for you, Angela. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for that's, that. Spot. That's the most Chicago I'm, response. I'm coming for that, that spot. I'm coming for that spot. One for you know. Let me, let me get done when I can do it over here in the city. Then I'll be downstate. Um, you talk about Westside. I mean, how does that? How does Austin, right? How how does your Chicago lived experience show up in your work, whether it's visual art, whether it's poetry, whether it's music? How can it not? That's what I'm saying. How can it not? There's so much that I absorbed as a young person growing up, walking on the, the avenue where there's a liquor store and a storefront church and a what what Big Mama used to call the drunk house, the tavern, <laughs> and another church, right, right, and another, you know, in a in the. And the restaurant that's bumping GCI or whatever they, you know, they, you know, they, they, they bump it. Coming back home and Millie Jack, Millie and Mahalia Jackson playing. <laughs> one playing upstairs, the other one playing downstairs. How can I not walk through these the streets of the city and not absorb all that stuff? Well, that's what I did. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. A lot of people don't, but mm-hmm. there's things that happen in Chicago that give Chicagoans a certain language, mouth sauce and 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 hawk and. <laughs> all those things that you put into the poems or that I put into the poems because the poem is talking, again, talking to people. The poem is in conversation with people. And the most immediate people to me mm-hmm. are other Chicagoans. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the goal of the Poet Laureate is to also grow poetry across Chicago to yes. make more programs to create access for for young people, people across our neighborhoods. What, what is your vision to use this position to, you know, as, as some would say, further weave poetry deeper into the fabric of, of Chicago? Well, I want to I want to one, invite young people to write a poems together. So during the summer, we will be responding to a poem in the poem, One Poem, One Chicago. That's Gwendolyn Brooks Blacks, her book Blacks. And we'll write poems together. Um, I got this from this this I big grandiose idea I had when I was working with three different schools. And I was like, well, I just had them write a poem together. And they were like, that'll never happen. I'm like, yeah, it can. <laughs> I can rock with them, and I have every last student write their part to this one long epic poem. And so that's what I want to do with with uh, with one of the programs that we're going to do with the youth in the city. I want to also um, invite poets uh, uh, and musicians to create a work that will 
be presented locally and internationally. Again, like I said, poems off of the page or presented to a theater house, write a libretto for an opera. This is like, write, consider commercials. Consider taking a poem and making it a screenplay and getting it produced on Netflix and, or whatever streaming services. Like, you, can, you, you just don't have to be a poet. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I, I mean, that's one of the things I appreciate so much about some of my favorite Chicago poets is just how multi-hyphenate they are. Right. They're mm-hmm. musicians, they're professors, they're activists, um, they're, they're comic book writers. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's it's one of the things I've always admired. If people want to incorporate poetry into their day to day, what would be your advice? If people want to incorporate poetry into their day to day, they can do they could do a number of things. One, they can read it. Just make sure you just read, you read and, and then just in poetry. And you don't necessarily, even in these days, you don't necessarily have to read it. Because like I said, people have albums and all the good stuff. Aja Monet, J. Ivy, um, Emma Green is a bunch of, Harold Green got a, a, a children's book out. It's, it's so many ways in which you can have Tubman from Avery <laughs> <or> Young. <laughs> you grab Tubman and you can hear those things or a neck bone. And, and then the other way would be to then take the time or make the time to write it. I was just telling Binky, the work don't get done unless you do it. You got to take mm-hmm. the time and make the time in a day to write it. And if and it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole poem. And I've heard Mama Nikki Giovanni say the same thing. Like, sometimes she write two lines and she move away and leave some life. And she come back to the poem and write three or four more lines or whatever and move away. Some, the, the, sometimes the thing is not necessarily about sitting down and getting a whole poem out, but sitting down and getting something out. So them the maze in which you can imp- incorporate poetry on a daily basis. Listen to it, read it, or write it. Avery, I appreciate you making time for City Cash Chicago. We're going to let you go, let you get back to finishing your assignment, finishing your Thank poem. You. Because again, you're Chicago's first poet laureate. <laughs> you got work to do. I got work to do. And I was just <laughs> in it too. I was in that good part. I was in that good part. And I was like, oh, gotta go. Gotta go talk. Maybe, along with this flag being raised, we should pause and ask for healing. Healing for neighborhoods, healing for children, healing for weary minds, healing from feeble bodies, healing from broken spirits. Maybe, just maybe, we should just ask for the wind to move us forward and up. Maybe this commemoration of an emancipation should heal us free, not by words, but by deeds. Maybe this day, maybe. Thank you, you all. You can see Avery R. Young perform alongside other poet laureates at the Harold Washington Library, including Iman Lauren, Angela Jackson, Nandy Comer, Era D. Matthews, and Amanda Johnston. Before I let you go, some good news. The 79th Street Renaissance Festival is this Saturday in Auburn, Gresham, and it's turn to 18. Enjoy carnival games, great food, and a performance from Anthony Hamilton. Nearly 20,000 people are expected throughout the day on 79th and Racine. 
As always, we appreciate you for listening. Subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. And please, let us know what you think are the best Chicago rivalries at 773-780-0246. I'm going to talk to you bright and early tomorrow. Peace. The fact that you called the Civil Room a bookstore is gagging me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's where I'm getting my books from. (laughs) No, I got nothing but love for Eric and everybody over there. They're my peoples over there at the Civil Room bookstore. I don't, I mean, that ain't where I think of a bookstore, but yes, you can get books. I agree with you, though, but you can definitely get books there. And wait, hold up. And you know what? They ain't got not one neck bone up in that mug. You know what I mean? So we can really talk. We can really talk. It ain't a bookstore. The poet laureate is spoken. And when, it, and when the neck bones get up in the, in the store, then I'll say, ding, 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 Silver Room is a bookstore.